Welcome to our podcast. Girl, tell me why. We're two friends share their raw and unfiltered conversations with you. So sit back or pull over because it's about to get real. I love it. Okay. <laughs> hey, girl. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about sex? We sure can. I mean, uh, I'm in a bit of a drought. Well, I don't know if I... Am I out of a drought? Am I no. out of a drought? No. Okay. You are. You're out of a drought. I'm, I'm, a I'm drought. in a drought. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I will say, and this is what I was starting to tell you earlier, and you were like, wait a minute. I'm not ready for that. This... I've been taking sea moss gel as a supplement every day. Right. Probably at least two tablespoons a day. I add it to my tea or whatever. Sometimes I add it to juice or a smoothie. But it is completely changing my libido. I know. I have and the same not thing. only that, but it's also making my vagina wet. Good. Like when it shouldn't be. I'm like, what hey. is this? <laughs> Wop. Why is this happening? Wop. Exactly. <laughs> Which is good, except when you're at work in a meeting and you got some WAP. You know what I mean? You sitting down, driving the car, you got some WAP. <laughs> like, that's why. Um, that's why I don't. That's why I cannot not wear panties. Like I have yeah. to wear panties because sometimes those juices just be flowing, oh and I don't God. need that spot no. when getting up. So no, no. And I, I did not have that issue, but now with this sea moss I'm I'm like having that issue because I was good for going with no panties like I find underwear completely to be unreasonable like they're uncomfortable they're too tight or too loose or they move or they shift and riding in my butt so like I I would be known for like being at work and realizing that I wore the wrong underwear or that they're uncomfortable and just taking them off and throwing them in the garbage and then like taking them back out and wrapping them in a paper towel and throwing them back in there and like I just can't go through a full day with wearing them so I kind of got used to not wearing underwear and I can't do that now yeah so you may yeah I don't know I don't have a solution for you on that one hmm. <sighs> it's either the sea moss gel and have a wop or go pantyless <laughs> wait so I heard some feedback about wop about that song I, okay. it, was a, it was a meme though and this guy was like don't nobody want no wop he's like you uh, want a little bit of a dry one so you can have some friction because if it's too wop too much of a wop then it's, there, there's no there's no pushback it's just kind of like you trying to keep a dog in a bathtub <laughs> I completely disagree with that I've never had I've never heard any man complain about my wop and <laughs> They've all been completely grateful for my WAP. So he might have, what What I'm guessing is he has a small package and oh, he's afraid yeah. if it gets too wet that he can't, he can't stay in because it's too slippery. Oh, no. No, wait. I'm just thinking about the generations of girls that are growing up in this era where that song is popular mm. and wondering if they're going to be calling their WAP a WAP. They're going to be naming their kids <laughs> WAP. Come here, WAP. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't you that posted something on one of my pages about your China? Yes. 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 And so I'm thinking about China and WAP and mine was called a bird growing up. And I'm thinking, are these little kids going to be calling their their pocketbook a WAP? Mm. But anyway, that's another discussion. That is. That is. So to be continued on CMOS gel and WAP. Mm -hmm. But for today, we are going to stay on the topic of sex. 
So today's mm. discussion is what's your fantasy? Mm. So um, what is your favorite sex story? Or do we want to start out with what's your fantasy? Do you want to answer? Let's just answer that question first. What's your fantasy? And then go down the list. Okay. So I can go first. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so I have, yeah, I have a couple of fantasies. So mm-hmm. um, one of my fantasies is to kind of be a dominatrix. But if my partner, say I have a man and he wants to engage in sex with another woman, we go together, maybe at a sex club or um, a swingers club, such as trapeze. Um, and he is pleasing her and I'm telling him what to do and I'm telling her how to behave. Mm. I'm controlling her. I'm telling her like, no, don't do that. He doesn't like that. You do this. But at the same time, I'm sitting in a corner just either smoking a cigar or having a glass of wine and just enjoying the scene as if it was being done for me. So when this is happening as you envision it, is it sexually arousing to you? It is. It is. Because I would be able to see my man getting pleased. And I would be able to see how my man is pleasing her, knowing that that's my man. Okay. And those things turn me on. Okay, so then I have two follow-up questions. So one is, what do you do with that sexual tension, build-up, the sexual arousal that you have while you're watching this thing happen if you're sitting off in a corner by yourself? And then... The second question is, how do you deal with jealousy? Or is that even a thing? Like, I was just reading a blog post um, on this poly site, and this woman was posing a question. She's like, um, you know, my husband introduced me to the poly life, and I was against it initially, but now I love it. But the problem is, I'm not interested in having sex with him anymore. And he's noticed it. She's like, I'm completely disengaged because I only wanted to be with someone else and him or with someone else period like I just don't have any physical attraction for him at all so I'm just wondering Mm. if you could as you as you play out this fantasy how you envision it impacting those two those two areas what do you think well I think to answer the first question I would not do anything so I would just watch because I would want that sexual tension to build up Mm -hmm. because after they get done she gotta go and then it's our turn but she, um, can she finish him or is she just got to she get him warmed up and then she got to go? You asking a lot of questions. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very visual. So I'm picturing you. I haven't corner. thought of all, I haven't really thought of all of that. Okay. Um, that I haven't gone that far it's because mm-hmm. it's just my, you know, it's just my initial fantasy. But my mm-hmm. fantasy would be that they do whatever they do. And if she's going to finish him to the point where he can't have sex with me, then no. But she would need to leave and then, because I'm sure it'll be a turn on for him to know that I'm sitting there watching and I'm telling her what to do. And then it's a turn on for me because I'm like, oh, I'm going to tear that up as soon as she gets done. So, but I would want that to be our moment. So she would need to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would have our moment. And as far as the jealousy, I think that, you know, would depend on the situation. You know, I think that takes me out of my fantasy and takes me into the specifics. Okay. And then it's not fun anymore. Yeah, so I do that. You don't even yeah. have to. Don't let me know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you and I have talked about this before. I'm very visual. So I'm imagining everything that you're saying happening. 
mm-hmm. right now I just see you in the corner with like a throbbing clit and your man over here getting pleasured by somebody and like I'm like okay now what happens where do we go with this but that's my issue that's not your issue <laughs> <laughs> something Me. like who's gonna help her out nah that's not my I mean I would be completely okay with just watching and just being patient to wait to know that after they get done like this is my foreplay mm-hmm. and then after they get done that's my turn um, for he and I to have our intimate moment and we both are turned on about it and that can even happen at a sex club or in a hotel room if it's you know if it's more intimate and private but I think it really depends on the players at hand and who's involved and I do believe that conversations need to be had before and after about what expectations are what turns you on what turns you off so that everybody is on the same page so that there is no jealousy um that there's clear communication and transparency so I think those things are important if I were to ever actually play out my fantasy Mm -hmm. so that's my one of my fantasies another fantasy I have is to have a threesome with two men Mm -hmm. so that's another one and I I haven't really thought a whole lot about that it's just like always been on my fantasy bucket list so, so what about you? Well, that's a wonderful segue for my fantasy because I also have a fantasy of being with two men. And I I have visualized it. In fact, I've planned it and found two people to like actually carry out this fantasy. Um, one that I was extremely comfortable with. And then another person that I wasn't as comfortable with, but was sure that the lead person could direct him. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately like the the two times it's been scheduled like we've had circumstances beyond our control so we weren't able to go through with it so for right now it remains fantasy but it was really I think centered around this particular partner at the time because he was extremely nurturing and caring and loving and so his thing was like I don't even care about what I'm feeling because I get so excited by by taking care of you and it wasn't even sexually it was like I would come to his house and he'd be like, okay, lay down on the couch. And he'd bring me a pillow and like tuck me in with a blanket. And then he's like, I bet you want some tea. He'd bring me some tea. Then he's like, let me massage your toes. Let, you know, your, your toe polish needs to be changed. Let me take this off for you. Let me try to let me try to change this for you. Let me massage your shoulders. Um, why don't you lay here? I'm gonna get you some food. Come back, let me rub your back. Like it was this whole thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is he serious? Like. I don't have to start doing anything to him. You know, this is just what what pleased him. So mm-hmm. I started posing this idea and I was like, this is what my idea of a sexual fantasy with two men would involve. And I kind of had to, I looked towards, uh, I think it's Black Touch is one of the mm-hmm. pages. Yes, and we'll talk about that yeah. later on, 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 our next, on our later topic. Well, later part of this discussion, we'll talk about porn and mm-hmm. swingers clubs. And so we'll talk about that then. So what I found about yes. that page specifically is that it was tasteful. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of pornography that involves two men and one woman uses the woman as like a tool for their pleasure. So like she's on her knees and she's giving somebody's head while another person's hitting from the back and she just kind of tossed around and nutted on and, you know, used. And there's mm-hmm. like this masculine um, battle that's going on. Like who's going to give it to her the worst or the best or mm-hmm. the deepest or the hardest. And so that was completely void of my fantasy. Um, so in mine and how it was supposed to play out is first we would go to like dinner or have a drink and then from there we would go to like a movie and I'm sitting in the middle 
and both of us will be on I mean one of them will be on either side of me and there might be like some touching we will see what happened like the experience with a new person was fresh so maybe he would like touch my knee touch the inner part of my thigh touch my breast and you know he's touching me and then the other guy is like reaching and touching me and maybe one's um, caressing a nipple while the other one's caressing a nipple you know maybe one of them has a thigh and the other one has the other thigh like that kind of thing maybe their hands kind of brush up against each other while we're in the movie theater and then from there if the chemistry's right we get a room and in the room the same kind of behavior continues but initially it's my pleasure giver like laying me down on the bed massaging me um, maybe intimately kissing my back while I'm laying there maybe I'm half asleep and then his friend is watching on the couch and he's like becoming sensually aroused from watching the interaction between us and he's like hey man why don't you come over here and help me with this massage like she needs her feet rubbed while you, while you get her back and then maybe while he's down there he sucks my toes or something and then like slowly kisses my legs and like makes his way up to give me some head and the other one's sucking my titties you know it was like that kind of thing and so I told them like I'm not giving anybody head I'm not even sure if I'm having sex with anyone if I do, it'll be with the person I've already had sex with, but your boy is really there just to kind of catch the alley-oop. <laughs> you know, he's there just as an assist as opposed to, like, him getting pleasure. And so mm. we had a three-way conversation about it ahead of time. I'm like, so this is what I want, and this is also what I don't want. Are you down? He was like, I'm down. No problem. He's like, I don't care if I got to, like, go to the bathroom and pleasure myself afterwards. Like, I'm fine with it. I just want to have the experience. So I was like, okay let's do it <laughs> so um and then I didn't really find the friend to be very attractive but I knew of him and I was like I don't think I'm even gonna kiss him I just wanted the feeling of two men giving me sensual intimate pleasure at the same time uh so yours is more about sensual intimate pleasure. see I that's not how I would envision mine like I want mine kinky raw and rough mm. my with two men like wow. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be kissed. I don't want to be massaged. I don't need any of that. I don't. Please don't lick my toes. <laughs> like I don't want any of that. Like just, I want to go in and it be rugged and raw. Wow. Okay. So this is like what I talked about with the porno. Then, like the man is like using your body for his pleasure. You like, all right, I'm here for mm, all of that. No. No. Mm-mm. No, I still want I still want to play the rules and I want it my way Mm -hmm. because if I say that if I think of it for me if I think of it that way then it's no it's no longer fun Mm -hmm. because you know I I feel like no this is my fantasy so we're gonna do what I say but um, you know I don't know I guess some would look at it that way but for me I don't need the intimacy and the sensuality. Like I want that between just my man and I. But if it's anytime if we're playing mm-hmm. and it involves another party, then I don't I don't need all that sensual or intimacy. I we go in there to handle business and take care of business and this is what we're doing and when we're done, we're done. Mm. So yeah, I I think I would be okay with that if it was just my man and I, but mm. I don't know. I would. I don't. I that that wouldn't turn me on. Like okay. I want it. I want rugged, nasty raw sex. <laughs> you want to leave the Thames on? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> leave yeah. on your Thames. You know, I want my back blown out. You know. Okay. Like, yeah. So, so what about? So, do you think that 
these types of conversations are women talking about their fantasies you know why is it so taboo and is it sexual repression against women and is that a need to be in control is a man's need to be in control oh my gosh wow that's a huge question that's like a dissertation I can um answer that answer what my thoughts are like yeah. I do believe that women have been conditioned to believe um, sex is taboo Mm -hmm. and that if we own our sexuality then we are looked at as um, promiscuous or sluts or hoes where we forget to remember that everyone is human beings and we all have sexual desires and sexual needs and everybody has fantasies anybody that says they don't have a fantasy in my opinion is lying So, and we're all human beings. I think when we try to objectify women or put people in a box, then we rob them. We are, you know, that is sexual repression and we're robbing them of that right to be able to fully express themselves. And I think a lot of women have the potential to have amazing sex lives, but they are afraid of being judged and viewed. And then also, you know, those that have been raised in the church or their parents, you know, I know I was always taught sex um you shouldn't is only for being married and um basically you're there to to you know give children and provide for a man that's what sex is about and you you can't talk about sex you know don't discuss it don't mention it don't talk about it so what happens is you have a lot of people that are closet freaks you know they're Mm -hmm. pretending to be someone on the outside Um, Whether it be, I know so many people in the church, and I mean a lot of people in the church, that out in the open, they pretend to be, you know, God lovers and Bible thumpers, but behind closed doors, they are mad freaks. Mm -hmm. And I used to be like that. And then I just decided, whoever my higher source is knows who I am and what I'm doing regardless. So I don't have to answer to anyone but them. And I'm not going to continue to repress myself. I think sometimes we we sexually repress ourselves. So that's my thought on that. And I feel like some men use it as a form of control because they're afraid of, number one, they can't measure up to a woman's level of sexuality that other men are going to be interested in. You know, they they are going to have to compete. And they may not be able to live up to those expectations. So they want the woman to only focus on them sexually. And that makes them feel like they're, they're um, in a better position or in more control. And then a lot of these men's, men that want to control women and repress their sexuality usually are the very same men that are going after the women they're telling their women not to be if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to tell my girl, you can't be this and you can't be that, but I'm secretly desiring the very woman I'm telling you not to be, which to me is a form of manipulation and control. And I think we have the option of just really just um, having amazing sex lives if we would just be open and authentic about what we want and what what we love. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, one of the things I was thinking about when you initially asked the question about sexual repression, I think there's this extreme dichotomy between what both society um, Mm. as a whole accepts and expects of women and then also what we put on ourselves there's this virgin whore paradigm that Mm -hmm. women are both unilaterally expected to be a virgin and a whore like 
you better give the best head I've ever had, but you better not have learned it by giving head to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, right. you better bust it wide open in a pee stand, but you better not have done that for anybody else. It better just be something that you do for your man. And when you're not doing that with this specific person, you need to be buttoned up and pulled together and conservative and reserved. Um, and I think both sides, I think both men and women have really um, suffered because of that paradigm. You know, men are also, I think, sexually repressed by those things. Um, and maybe even sometimes, I know this is probably an unpopular opinion, but sometimes victimized by it as well. Um, you know, especially if you talk to police officers or anyone who is investigating um, cases where, you know, there's this blurred line between desire, consent, you know, all those things. I think um, it's interesting to hear men's perspective about events that occur like that you know it's just it's it's interesting especially in um you know some of my experiences I've had that I I would not have realized um outside of uh my adult experiences like I wouldn't have even been able to hear a man's perspective about it but I see both people suffering and I think about this often when I look on like social media and I see the women who are actively fighting against that that phrase you can't turn a hoe into a housewife oh, <laughs> I'm like gosh. I'm seeing all these people who were hoes right and I'm, I'm using my air quote mm-hmm. who are now like getting married and I'm like I bet you she's great in bed like I bet you she learned a lot and I bet you her mm. man is kind of satisfied with those things and you know I'm looking I don't at both know. of them well but I, so I'm looking at both of them thinking okay this person wasn't sexually repressed for many years when many of us were sexually repressed and so they've had an opportunity this is my assumption they've had the opportunity to explore their bodies and maybe live out some of their fantasies and look at this lucky guy marrying the town whore who has experienced her sexuality fully I mean my so my perspective about that is a bit different I think than most people because I'm thinking about the liberation that comes from being able to be sexually free you know and not necessarily thinking of it as this woman should have saved her body for a specific person or two specific people. You know, there's like this um, almost angelic quality that is assigned to women who had few partners. And I just think it is a disservice to both men and women. I completely you know? agree. Yeah. So, um, and I, I've know of women who have, um, expressed themselves sexually, maybe in their younger years. And now, they were maybe quote unquote what some would define as promiscuous or a hoe, but now are now married and they actually do not have that lifestyle. They are they have become sexually repressed because they're married now. Or yep, yep, because they're married. Wow. Because now I have to be married. I have to be. I have to be a wife, and I have my husband, and I'm here for him, and I have to. Have be play this wife image, and so I had to let go of this hoe image or this promiscuous image. And then some of these women then shame women who are who are who are in the same spot that they used to be. You know, and I, I know I, I know I several cases of, people, of that. Yeah, I, I can think of some people that you might even be thinking of, and we can talk about that later. But I, I'm I'm thinking of that too. I'm, I can see that side of it. I wonder now also as an extension of that if their husbands are again feeling sexually repressed too because they're like well damn 
you was doing backflips and um, splits when we first (laughs) met. And now that we're married, you know, you you don't even want to give me head. That's, and I do think that that's an issue, but you know, maybe I don't know what the solution is, but that can go into our next question. How do you communicate your sexual desires to your partner? Mm. See, I don't have a problem doing that. (laughs) No, but so I I think um, for me, I had to learn that. Um, It was actually through probably my my longest, um, most satisfying, like consistent sexual partner. And he was like a huge communicator. And so we first started like being physical with each other. He'd be like, can I kiss you? I'm like, what? Just kiss me, you know? Or he's like, is it okay if I take your bra off? Is it okay if I touch you? Is it okay? And I'm like, dude, would you just do it? You know? Right. But then I, but then I started thinking like, this. What a great thing to do. What a great thing to do when you're physically being intimate with somebody, um, that you can communicate your desires. You can communicate what you don't like, what doesn't feel good. You know, um, attentiveness and being in tune to somebody's um, communication styles, either physically, um, verbally, I think are so important. So I have evolved through that partnership to be um, a person who's able to say, no, actually, can you stop that? I actually like, I like shallow strokes. You don't need to try to break my back, but if you could keep it at the first two to three inches for a couple minutes, that'd be great. (laughs) You know, I'm almost like, I'm like at five guys, like um, extra mushrooms. I'd like to grill them, not the sliced one. And can you make my bun lightly toasted? Because I mean, I'm actually that prescriptive because I understand my body and I feel open enough with a partner that I can say those very specific things that I like, you know, and that I don't like. And I think it's empowering to everyone because your partner doesn't have to guess to wonder not if you're satisfied. Like you don't have to lay there and be dissatisfied or um, you know, feeling like apprehensive because you don't want to speak up. So I think just through trial and error and trusting myself and realizing that you can always get the flow back. You know, like for me, there was this fear that if I say too much or direct too much, the flow's gone. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's not flowing naturally. So let me just sit here. But I'm like, no, actually, I can. And it's still good. In fact, it's probably going to get better. Right. And I think as time goes on, it is like you said, trial and error. Because I remember, um, I have two examples. So I remember one guy I was dating and I was giving him head and I started to suck his balls and he flipped. He did not like that at all. And I kind of felt like, you know, these are things we might want to have a conversation about beforehand because he, it just ruined the whole mood. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't into it. Like at that point, I was like, like it just completely ruined the mood Wait, because he, he was so reactive like he was just he just responded and was like no don't do that I don't like that you know just what? a response like nothing physical but just was very verbal about no I don't but his tone like it just completely ruined the whole mood to the point where I was like alright I'm done and yeah, I was done like, like he was, was just chastising you you know almost right like and I'm yeah. sure that that was something that he was dealing with I don't know the background and I didn't care enough to um, ask, but mm-hmm. I'm sure something triggered him, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like if there's a major trigger, these are things that you should communicate to your partner. Now, my most recent partner and I, because he has a roommate, um, we have to be more quiet. And I 
and multi-orgasmic, which we can talk about later on. Yes. But anyways, I'm multi-orgasmic. I'm getting so a button t- that says that because I'm proud of that for you. But go ahead. I know, I know that was a great <laughs> gift from God. But um, I tend to be loud. And so mm-hmm. he would be like, you know, be quiet. You know, my roommate doesn't need to be hearing that and blah, blah. And I'm like, well, stop stroking and like that or doing that. We wouldn't have these problems. But anyways, my way of pleasing him like under respecting that he has someone else in his home but also not ruining my own pleasure I bought a gag so it Mm. it turned it into something fun and he I didn't tell him um and so we were just over there we were sitting on the bed and um I turned around and I he wasn't looking at me and so he looked at me and I had it in my mouth and he's like oh my god I love it it was like did you just gag go. yourself? Wait a yeah. Well, Next I didn't. Level. I didn't. Um, I didn't buckle it. It wasn't buckled. It was just. But he and he was so gentle and sweet in how he put it on, like how he made sure it was on me. Like, are you okay? Is it uncomfortable? Mm. Can you breathe? And that just turned me on even more because here we are having kinky sex with sex toys, and he wants to make sure that it's not uncomfortable. And so the next time I went over there. He had bought his own. He had one for the house, <laughs> and he had a and he had a vibrator, one of these vibrators. So we had the. It was so much fun. It oh. was a great experience. So I guess my point is there is you know like you said you know imagine you're ordering food and you know how you want your food. It's really no different than communicating when you're having a sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And you know like I tell people, I don't like getting my ass ate. You know, I don't like that. It doesn't turn me on. I don't find it. I find it extremely nasty. And you're not about to eat my ass and then eat my pussy. And then I got to get an infection or you're going to kiss me in my mouth. No. So wait, so you would have pulled a, uh, you would have pulled a ball in your mouth kind of thing. Like if a, if a dude tries to eat your ass, are you going to stop him? Like what is, are you, no. how are you? Responding? I communicate that. I communicate that before sex. Okay. So, you know, that goes to what we're talking about. You know, communicate what your sexual desires are, what you like and what you don't like ahead of time. Mm-hmm. That way it doesn't throw a curveball into the experience. And most cases I tell a guy, I do not like anal play. And most of them are like, cool. You know, a few of them are like, well, you know, I like it. Okay, cool. That's just not my thing. Where most men I've talked to are like, cool, I don't really, I'm not really down for that either. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'm like, well, what do you like? So I completely agree. I love the analogy of you saying, you know, imagine you're at a restaurant, you know how you like your food cooked, you know what, like, you know, you know what sides you like and things like that. Use that same comfort level to communicate with your partner. And I think it requires practice, you know, to get comfortable doing that. And then also in my you know, um, example, if there's something that you like and there's toys or something or something that you can do to set the tone, like such as buying a gag, then introduce that into your sex life. So those are some really great communicate ways to communicate your sexual desires. I think that's really dope. Yeah, I'm just imagining, so the- like you said, imagine taking more care and ordering your burger from Five Guys and having more communication with the waitress than you do with your sex partner but a lot of us have found ourselves in that position actually so 
right which goes back to be you know sexually repressed Mm -hmm. and I think it just requires practicing and really starting to know and love yourself as well um so that brings me to our final topic which is porn swingers clubs and strip clubs so you were talking about black Mm -hmm. tech so for those of you that don't know um some of the more popular porn sites are xnxx or um Pornhub are some of them, but Black Touch, is it BLK Touch? I think Mm -hmm. it's spelled, yeah, um, is a all-Black porn site, and it's very tastefully done. And um, as you mentioned, it does not objectify women. There are all types of sexual play in there from lesbian to threesomes to um, masturbation to spanking. Yeah, domination and it's in their storylines to mm-hmm. each scene which I love and now there is an extra charge if you want to see the members only scenes but some are available to non-members I highly suggest you become a member because it's a black owned business mm-hmm. and if you like porn so when it comes to porn swinger swingers clubs and strip clubs what is your thing I love porn I love I love all three yeah um well, I have limited experience, unfortunately, in terms of swingers clubs and strip clubs. Strip clubs, because I've never been to a swingers club. I went to a white strip club, like a quick walk in and walk out, and it was mm. super whack. The woman was like, it was, a, you know, a strip club in a place that's not even known for strip clubs. So, like, this white lady was standing on the pole, and she had a bikini bottom on, and her boobs were out, and she was, like, doing a knock-knee dance. And we like literally, <laughs> we literally walked back out. I was like, "Oh, that's that's what a strip club is like." So I don't have any experience in those two areas. Um, porn, I definitely have had my share of uh, private time with adult pornography. So um, I would say of those three categories, I'm more definitely more familiar with porn. But I'm still waiting to have an opportunity to go to a really nice strip club and a swingers club, and I would absolutely enjoy that experience. Um, I've always been maybe a bit hesitant to go to a strip club because I'm not sexually attracted to women. And so I was wondering like, okay, what's this going to feel like? You know, how will I enjoy this experience? But I think just the idea of going for the experience is enough. You know, like my my brain is like, oh, it's just entertainment. You don't have to be there necessarily for sexual attraction. So. Mm -mm. No, not at all. So I've, I'm definitely into porn. I've been into porn for years, um, a long time. And that's how I please myself sexually when I'm alone. But um, I've also watched porn with a partner before, and which I think is so sexy. And then I have not been to the swingers clubs, but I'm waiting on the perfect partner. It has to be with the right partner. I'm completely down for going but I don't want to go with someone that I just met or we don't have a relationship established and we're sharing to me what is a very intimate experience together and then I got to worry about you you not calling me later like I don't want someone on that level like we really have to be on a deep level to share that experience with one another and I actually had someone that has been to swingers clubs and he's Polly, and he has been several times with um, other people. And I would feel very comfortable going with him. Like, I need to feel safe with my partner. But, you know, if you're not familiar with Swingers Clubs, 
such as the trapeze, you know, go look it up. But you can either go to watch, you don't have to participate, mm-hmm. or you can choose to participate. Like there's you, it's pretty much a free for all, whatever your definition of free for all is. Okay. And some people participate, some people don't. So strip clubs, I've been twice. The first time I went, I went with an ex-boyfriend and he was in town and we had had dinner and we were trying to figure out what to do. And he was like, let's go to the strip club. And I'm like, heck yeah. (laughs) So we went to the strip club and I also, I'm not attracted to women. I find women very sexy and very beautiful. And I love the art of the the dancing. And here where I'm at, they get completely naked. There's nothing to hide. And so he completely treated me. He bought me two lap dances and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And I'm sitting there talking to her and I'm talking to him and I'm like, can I hit her butt? You know, and like, I got into it. And so she was like, yeah, girl. And so we was talking and I was just like, girl, your butt is beautiful. And she was telling me, you know, her plans and stuff. And what she had going on in her life and it was diversify her assets and give you some stock options it it was just great it was just such a cool experience and we had an amazing night and then my most recent experience was this past week um i went with two friends and the one the, the the guy friend he completely bought us a vip room so because it was just so packed in there um and it was both times I went they were at black strip clubs and so this one was so packed and we had our own VIP room so we had all we could drink we had hookah and then other people that he knew were coming so it was probably 10 or 11 of us in there and it was just it was so much fun and we bought him a lap dance but we I got to pick out me and another me and another girl were picking out who we wanted to but who we wanted for him to do the lap dance and she was so pretty she was just she was very natural she had micro braids in her hair up in a bun and she had a very tasteful outfit and you could tell she didn't have any work done and she was chocolate she was so sexy and she ended up leaving right before we went to go find a stripper for um to, to give him a lap dance so we got another girl I didn't like her at first but when she she literally did a handstand on the wall like and then she did another handstand where one leg was on the ground and another leg was up sticking straight up on the wall mm. so it was like a oh I went so it was and then he was giving me dollars to throw to to throw at her that it was a turn on and then also being able to watch like I don't know I don't think you've watched P-Valley, no. but I know a lot of our listeners have watched P-Valley. P-Valley. If you want to know what the whole experience is like, watch that show. And it's, you know, if you've ever watched um, Players Club back in the day, P-Valley is this year's version of Players Wait, Club. What is P P-Valley for? Is it- I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure, but um, I'm assuming Pussy, okay. Pussy Valley. That's what I assumed, but I'm not for sure. So... It was basically just like that experience where you see women doing all these acrobatic moves and like they're up and the one girl pulled herself up on the pole with one hand. Wow. And then another one and then they would stay up and they would like be doing handstands on the pole on top of each other. And I'm just fascinated by those things because it's to me is just beautiful. And to see that. And so I 
am a strip club fan for life. I've had, I am very thankful for the people that I went with the first time and the second time because they treated me and they made it a great experience, which I really love. So I'm down for all more like a party. And then there are also making people dancing and accessible. That's exactly what it is. As opposed to like everybody sitting around watching women on a pole dancing and getting naked. Like it seems almost. No, it's not like that at all. It's actually like a party with naked, you know, and you may see, and it's funny because my friend, he was like, you always overanalyzing stuff, you know, you and that, that analytical mind of yours. Cause I'm like, if all the, like, cause there's money all, everywhere, all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do they divide it up? Or how do they find, you know, out what, to, what, so he was breaking it down to me. And so you would think I would be sitting there enjoying it, which I was, I was completely enjoying it. But then another part of me was like, how do they get all, you know, how do you know what, what section of money is yours and what is it? Well, just because so you're in the strip club doesn't mean your brain turns off because now I, <laughs> I want to know the answer. How do they divide it up? Did he know? Well, well, yes. So two things, strippers have to pay the strip club. Well, okay. the strip club doesn't pay the strippers necessarily in all cases. They have to pay to dance there. So whether they make money or not that night, they still have to pay the, the club, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. I did not know that, which I think is kind of, wrong because the strip club the strippers are making the strip club money but nonetheless anyways um so I was watching a a girl give a gay woman a lap dance Mm -hmm. and she was bouncing back and forth between these two tables and they were throwing money on the floor well as soon as she got done with her dance they all sit right there and clean up all their money and put it in like Kroger bags or giant eagle type bags and then or trash bags and walk off with their money so the space is clean before the next person comes along to dance and that and then I noticed it again when they when we had um two girls come in and dance in our room whatever money we threw out she collected every single dollar before she left that room okay so that's what they do and I've never paid attention to that before so now I'm I'm even more curious because and no one ever touches their money, which is I thought was very interesting also. They're very respectful. People in the club are very respectful. They don't touch the strippers' money. And But there's money. Every, you're walking on dollar bills, and you're it's just piles of money. So it's very interesting. And I, I loved the experience. It's very sexual. I love going with guys. Um, that is my thing. So, I can't, again, I can't wait to be with someone that I can explore that side with mm-hmm. yeah so well there's some further research that, to be done mm-hmm. and you need to add that on your to-do list I, do. I need to be in a place where there are better strip. I'm sure there's some strip clubs around here though I mean there have to be I just am not I think so. where you're at um you cannot get completely undressed okay there are rules from Probably what I remember legally legally you cannot get completely undressed whereas where I'm located you can get butt naked so yeah Yeah. baby steps okay so maybe I'll yeah so so that means you need to you need to come visit I do I do what I think I'm gonna start (laughs) with the one up here so I can just see what it's like and then go to full-fledged make it well intro to me there's no comparison you can't compare the two yeah I find that the ones up there are very bland and usually they're white girls whereas the ones here it's just 
melanated. Yeah, now def- there are definitely all, all black strip clubs up here. There are like are there? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, I definitely would do that. Mm-hmm. And I know that yeah. they have like some after-hour strip clubs too. That, and that's what I was saying. Like legally, they can't get undressed, but I believe there are places that you can go for that kind of interaction. Okay. So, okay. So I have some homework to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe on our next episode, we can regroup and I can give you some feedback about my research. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. it. Well, I am here for all of that. I, I believe in you know being sexually liberated, especially as women, because it's so taboo that we are not to be. And so, my rebellious self is like, forget that. I'm gonna be that. And sexual liberation does not mean promiscuity so because it makes someone a slut or a hoe it means someone that's comfortable in their sexuality um so let's wrap up this episode so we want to thank everyone for joining us on this really dope episode we hope you enjoyed it yes and on on girl tell me why and if you haven't done so already make sure you subscribe to us on all of the media outlets and we're gonna have more shows we love hearing feedback from uh people who check us out and we want to hear your show ideas so check us out and communicate with us on those social media outlets 